This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series after Arsenal have drawn 0-0 with Burnley uh, in what is genuinely a really, really sickening result. It's, it, I say sickening because it's just such a huge missed opportunity. It really genuinely is so frustrating um, to now have to sit for 18 days until Arsenal play their next game. And we're going to talk about that gap between the fixtures and kind of maybe look at some of the positives from that. But it's just so frustrating not being able to pick up a point against, get maximum points against the bottom side in the league. These are the games that we have to win. These are the games that, that I said before, there are 18 cup finals between today and the end of the season. And we failed at the first hurdle. We failed to pick up those points. Uh, and that is so saddening. Um, we created plenty of chances. You know, the thing is, is we didn't play, we didn't play wildly bad. It's not like it was not, it's not like some of the performances we've seen that this Arsenal side play. Like we created chances, we sco- we should have scored a few, but there was just so much missing. So many obvious things missing. And that's the real disappointment from today's because you and I watching this all know that we lacked a central midfielder. We all know that we lacked a striker. And they're the two things that we kind of had as targets during this January window. And we don't have them. And they should have been sorted. I've been waxing lyrical, I know, about the idea of how good it is that we're going after Dusan Vlaovic. And I, and I stick by that as encouraging. But I do feel as though with the Aubameyang situation as is, is there anything we could have done sooner? Should we have weighed up our options better? Should we have brought someone in on loan at the start of, this, at start of the window? Should we have made an ultimatum for Vlaovic at the beginning of the window better and then been at a better place to know where we were moving on with this next? Should we have gone for a different central midfielder so that we can get them in earlier? I thought that, I mean, I look back at that Partey red card now as a real error and what a 
what a what a mistake that was from him to miss that game. And with Thomas Partey, maybe things would have been very different. But look, for all of the energy, all of the chances we created, again, I've got I've got some issues that that with Arteta, I've got some issues with the in-game management, I've got some issues with the the substitutions um, and the team selection, not just in this game. But now we look back at that Liverpool game and the decision to, to use Tommy Asu, that decision to play Tommy Asu has really, really screwed us because he is now confirmed to be out for a few weeks. Mikel Arteta confirmed that himself. And, and the fact that Rob Holding and Ben White played this game today and Rob Holding was on the bench for the Liverpool game, we could have played him. If there was a risk that Tommy Asu was going to be injured for a longer period of time, and that playing him in that Liverpool game means we would have lost him for a few weeks, not just you know, not just a week or two, not just a game or two, but for a few weeks and several fixtures. It's so frustrating um, that we didn't use Ben White and Rob Holding or we didn't try a, a back three system with Olibiasu or with Saka playing in a right wing back role. That's really irritating. It's naive. And there's too many naive things that have gone on at this club in the last six months. There's too much naivety. And it's amazing how quickly things can change. Um, we went from the Man City performance that was a brilliant performance, despite the fact that we didn't pick up any points in that game. I was really encouraged by the way that we played. The Norwich game, the Leeds game, the Southampton game, the West Ham game, all of those performances genuinely looked at those games and thought, wow, we are moving in the right direction. But we've not won a single game in January. We've chucked out of the FA Cup. We're a decent performance at Anfield, but only in a defensive sense, nothing offering really going forwards and then comfortably beaten at home. And then a, a performance against Burnley where we just did not have the midfielder and the striker. And it was it just seemed like it was written in the stars that, you know, this game was going to show us what we were lacking. And it did that. And that's what's frustrating. Anyway, this is the Raw Reaction Show where we get lots of your thoughts and your feelings in the chat box. And that's what we're going to do now. So if you've got how you tell me how you're feeling about the game. Tell me how you're feeling about the situation. Um, tell me how you're feeling about what needs to be done between now and the end of the window. Maybe you've got reasons for why we played this way. Were we hard done by Westwood not getting a red card? There's two incidents. Arguably the first one could be a straight red on Tierney. And then he clashes with Gabriel. That could have been a red card. You know, if that was an Arsenal player, it might have been a red card. So it's that track record, isn't it? And those things aren't going the way that we want them to. So that was a talking point. But beyond that, we just created a lot of nothing chances and didn't take the ones that we did. That's kind of where we're at. Riley's says, teams have figured out that all they need to do is double up on our wingers and we become toothless up front. There is no plan B. This window is crucial. I don't think it's just about the window, though, Riley's. Um, I don't think it's just about, the, just about the window because there is choices that we can make. We could change the formation. We could change the way we're playing. I said this against Liverpool. If your wingers are being isolated then back them up with wing-backs. Go to a back three. Play, a, play the system that Conte is using. Play the system that Tuchel's using. Use wing-backs to support those wide players so that they can't just be doubled up on and, you know, they're overloading those wide areas. Why not change something? If you've only got one central midfielder, why not play someone as sweeper and bring Erdegaard into a central midfield position? 
You don't have to start Smith Rowe. You can play Martinelli and Saka on the wings, Lacazette up top, Erdegaard and Sambi in the middle. You've got a sweeper that can cover if you need them to. And you've got wingbacks. Why not try something different than using the same team that struggled to do a lot against Liverpool, against the Burnley side that we're going to sit in and again double up on our wingers? And again, that's what happened. Martin says, if we go to, if we go to Wolves in this state, they will destroy us. And Wolves are looking very good. And we don't have a good track record of going to Wolves either. We have to hope that this 18-day period where we've not got a game allows this team to go to this warm-weather training camp, regroup, resettle, restart, refurb itself, get a couple of players in, fingers crossed, get players fit again. We're going to have Partey and Xhaka back, and we've got to pick up points. We've got 17 games now between now and the end of the season, and we have to win as many of those as possible. If you look at the games that we've got coming up, and the fixtures that Arsenal have got coming up, they're very winnable. Of course, we may see the Spurs, Chelsea and Wolves game and Liverpool game, I think, as well, get rescheduled at any point within those fixtures. Um, but you look at those next games, Wolves away, Brentford at home, Watford away, Leicester at home, Villa away, Crystal Palace away, Brighton at home, Southampton away. All those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, all those eight games are must-wins. We have to win those eight games to keep in this race for top four. Every, As I've said a number of times, every single game from here is a cup final that we have to try and win. The pressure is on every single game. and We have to try and win them all. Uh, MD says, Tom, do you recognize any patterns of play? Ben White has become the playmaker. Either Ramsdale tries to find Gab or Ben White does. We don't win headers or the second balls. Uh, I do recognise patterns of play, yes. Um, there are clear patterns of play in the wide areas. The issue is, is that when you've only got Sambi Laconga as your only central midfielder, which in fairness to Arteta isn't his fault, or they're saying that, we've got a lot of red cards that keep cropping up. So arguably you can point the finger in that direction at discipline. But I think that the lack, the lack of another clear central midfielder, and again, we could have signed one. Like We could have signed a midfielder during this window. Um, and we could have brought someone in during this window, but we haven't. But I think that with that, the patterns of play would improve. But Ben White kept going long. Gabriel was going long because we just didn't have that central midfield connection that we have done, and we've lacked that that, that personnel that's in the middle that's going to give us kind of that connection between the back line and the forward line. Um, Guna Legend says, not Arteta's fault. Genduzzi. I mean, Genduzzi's never... <laughs> I never look at Genduzzi as a genuine argument. Maitland-Niles, however, certainly is. Uh, Cass says, unfortunately, you say Arsenal have to win, but I know Arsenal will have results against those like the one today. And they will, Cass. They absolutely will. And you're absolutely right. I am expectant that we will not win those eight games. My expectation is that we will drop points in those eight games. We'll probably lose at Wolves. We'll probably drop points to Leicester. We struggle against Brighton. We struggle away from home against Southampton. We probably will drop points in these games, Cass, but it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I'm expecting us to lose those games um, because we need to win them. It's as simple as that. We need to win them. Um, Satya Brad, thank you so much, mate, for the donation. That's really kind of you. Uh, we shouldn't have to resort to complaining about refereeing, but that officiating was awful. How Lennon and Peters didn't get a card is beyond me. Again, like, yeah, we moan about referees all the time, but let's take the game out of the ref's hands. Let's, you know, let's sort this out ourselves. Let's get us in the driving seat of the fixture. And we just haven't been in the driving seat of the fixture at all. 
We have not been the protagonists of our own January whatsoever. We've allowed the other teams to dictate the games and we could have easily lost this game. I mean, Burnley had plenty of chances at the end of the game to, to completely counter us. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really frustrating. Stephen says, insult to fans talking about Arteta getting an extension. Um, look, I don't agree with giving him an extension right now. I, I'm waiting to the end of the season. I don't agree with people saying that he should be sacked right now either. Um, but I wouldn't be giving him a new contract at this moment in time. I would be waiting until the end of the season to see where things are. If we are outside of Europe, he has to go. If he doesn't, if he finishes in the top six, we can have a chat, but I ain't giving him a new contract for that. There's no new contract for top six. Top four, I think then, yeah. And a lot can change between now and the end of the season. And the thing is, like as Dan Putz points out all the time, but we don't have European football this season. We, you know, we, we, we had a real opportunity this season. And I know that COVID and injuries have hit us, but they've hit every team. Every team's had their own issues and have lost players at certain times. Spurs have had lots of issues, missed lots of games, yet they're continuing to perform, continuing to pick up points under Conte. United are turning things around. Burnley have missed loads of games and they can come to the Arsenal and keep a clean sheet. So it's, it can't just be used as an excuse time after time. Uh, Asher says, Arteta tends to be very inflexible with the way he sets up his team. He still has not really addressed the goal creation. Perhaps needs Suarez, yes, Suarez, to help the young attack learn. I'm not sure Suarez is the answer to our problems, to be honest. Uh, Charlie says, I'm still seething that Liverpool got away with lying to get our first game cancelled. It completely killed our rhythm. Um, yeah, again, but I don't think, Charlie, that's enough to legitimize and i'm not saying that you're saying that it legitimizes these results but it's not enough to 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 give a reason as to why we performed the way we did today julian says thought martin looked lively again but made a couple of wrong final ball decisions and again he's young and we'll keep coming back to how young this team is but the senior players need to step up Satya again thank you so much uh, loving this club is bad for my mental health man thanks for always putting in the grind and creating all this content sending love and good vibes mate uh, if it's affecting your mental health as I always say you need to take a break Look, their life is so much more important than Arsenal. Arsenal is my life, but the existence of my life is far more important than Arsenal. And uh, there is more to life than this club. So if your mental health is being affected by Arsenal, you need to find more to life than just this club. And this is coming from someone that Arsenal is their job. Arsenal consumes my life. But even I have more things outside, you know, family, relationship, gaming, music, other hobbies, playing football, like anything else that you can do to detach yourself when it's affecting your mental health, mate, you need to do. Um, so there you go. Julian says, Tom, easier said than done. This club is killing me. Yeah, look, it's it's it sucks. I nearly swore that. It absolutely sucks. It really does. But you do need to detach yourself at times. If it's actually getting to you, and I'm being genuinely very serious, if it's genuinely affecting your mental health, then take a break. You've got 18 days now between Arsenal uh, and Wolves. Uh, so you've got plenty of time. And I know the transfer window is going to consume you. Um, but if you really think it's affecting yourselves, then take a break from it. Detach yourselves. Um, delete the YouTube app if you want and then re-download it after Wolves. But just, you know, just do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel better. Um, Navarra says, Tom, where is the logic of constantly crossing against Burnley of all teams? It... <sighs> Again, I don't mind crossing in the last few minutes of the game. You'll struggle to find many teams that aren't doing that when they need a go in the last few minutes of a match. But we had Mika Bireff on the bench, who was a six-foot-plus striker, and we didn't bring him on. We've got Nuno Tavares on the bench, who, you know, really adds 
to uh, you know the, you got really adds to the attack in, in the final third, and he again was not used. That's frustrating. Rahul says mental health. Come on, it's a game. Rahul, you need to check yourself there, mate, because you have no right to judge how anyone else's mental health is, no matter what it's been affected by. So. I really would check yourself. Um, Riley says, 25 crosses attempted to Lacazette in between Ben Mee and Tarkovsky is mad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got, what, a five-foot-10 striker and we're trying to cross the ball into him. Again, I, I know why the club did it. Oh, right, I know why the team did it in the last few minutes, but we were doing it for a lot of the game. You need to find your pathways. There was no running on that side. I mean, Ben White is not a fullback. Like He can play that position... If absolutely necessary, but he's not a fullback, and that's the thing. Like we have Alabiosu on the bench, we have Tavares on the bench. Even Tavares could have come on up on the right hand side. Just change the system, change it up, change something about the way that we're playing. That's that's the frustration. Is that again we made subs and we didn't change things. Like we brought on Enketia, who, as Hush pointed out on the Arsenal way earlier on today, played on the wing. Where where is Enketia ever scored? Really, I'm trying. I'm really struggling to find a, a memory of an Enketia goal that came from outside the box or came from him cutting in off the left hand side. As far as I'm aware, Enketia isn't is a poacher. He's the guy that you get into the box, you play your low cutbacks to, or your low driven crosses into, and he finishes off those chances. What on earth is Enketia going to do on the outside of the box on the left hand side? What is he going to do? Because that's not what his game is. That's not what he's about. He's about trying to get the ball into the box and finishing off those chances. So that, and it was just Smith Rowe coming off for him. And then we just, you know, pushed um, Martinelli into kind of that inside forward role and pushed up and it, it didn't change things at all. It didn't change things whatsoever. Tim, I wasn't at the game, mate. No, I was working the game for football.london this, uh, today. So I was at home watching um, and getting hold of things. Through the TV, it seemed muted and nervous, and it looked like it affected the players not getting that final push. Um, look, the atmosphere seemed very quiet again. The energy has completely gone from the Emirates. It really has. Like We really built up something at the club during that period when we were playing Man City. And at the end of that game, it was a real sense of, you know, even after the defeat, there was a sense of encouragement from that game, but we haven't built on it. We really haven't built on it. Uh, Manoj says, what was our corner coach's plan today if we was dreadful? we uh, I mean, to be fair, one of our best chances came from a corner, so I'm not sure that's entirely true. Uh, the one that we worked to Emil Smith-Rowe nearly landed us a goal, so I'm not sure it wasn't. Uh, Christian said, White overlapped once and it was dangerous. It's just not his style. It's not what you're going to get from him. That's not what he will do. And it makes me think, like, again, Alabiossi was on the bench. And this kid's got, uh, this 20-year-old, by the way, same age as as Saka, same age as Martinelli. So it's not like, you know, he's wildly inexperienced in regards to his age. I know he's not played Premier League football yet, but he's at the same age as these other kids that are playing. And you only really get your chance when you're first thrown into things. He's got seven assists from right wing back this season in the other 23s. Oh, why not give him a shot? He's there. Chuck him on, give him an opportunity. People go in, oh, who, who was he ever going to bring on? Well, I'm sorry, but there are excuses. There are genuine reasons. There are arguments to suggest he should have brought on Tavares or Biareth or Alabiosu. He could have thrown any of those guys on. I would have taken off Lukonga at one point and brought Patino on just to add a little bit more directness. Because, you know, what, what does a point really achieve for us? I'd rather have really thrown the kitchen sink at it and try and got the winner. But again, no. 
Really, really difficult. Uh, Mr. Joker says, what on what on our bench was going to change that result? Again, I do think switching the structure, bringing on Tavares for, say, holding, moving Ben White into that kind of slot uh, in the right-sided centre-back slot, Tierney being brought into that left centre-back role, which, to be honest, would have even become just Gabriel and White sitting back with Tierney pushing forwards, Tavares on the left wing-back role supporting Martinelli. You could have brought on Alabiosu at some point to play in the right wing-back role if you wanted to, taking off either one of Smith or Odegaard to kind of utilise someone overlapping uh, Bakai Saka a lot more. We could have changed things and we were lumping balls into the box and we got a six-foot-plus striker sitting on the bench in Mika Bira. So they could have changed things, Joe. Those players could have absolutely changed things. Uh, going to listen to Tom. Uh, do we need to change at the helm to move forward? Too many utterly bizarre decisions. Again, no, I'm not in favour of sacking Arteta right now because I don't know what who you'd bring in. I'm still waiting for someone to give me a genuine argument for someone who's realistic that would come in and that would change things. Graham Potter, I don't think, would come in and get us top four this season. If Arteta doesn't get us into Europe this season, there's a genuine conversation to be had about his future, and then I would be more open to Graham Potter in the summer. But I don't think Graham Potter's coming in with 17 matches to go, assimilating into the team, settling in, getting used to the players, getting them through his ideas, and you know, getting us to top four. I don't think he does that. I'd be open to the idea maybe in the summer. Ten Hag's not leaving Ajax. Lou Enrique is not leaving Spain. Who are you going to bring in? And that's the thing. And that's the problem. If someone could come up with a genuine argument, I might be up to it. But uh, I don't know who you would go for. I really don't know who you would pick. Um, Usman says, Tom, what do you think of Florian Neuhaus? And could you please consider doing a tactical analysis on him? We're not linked with him, so I'm not going to do a show on him until we're linked to. I only do the shows when we're linked to these players. Um, but uh, look, he's a really exciting young German player that has got the world at his feet, as like a lot of young German players do. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Julian says, Tom, realistically, who would you like us to sign this January? Look, if we can't get Vlaovic and we can't get Arta, and you're telling me that Arsenal are up for spending a significant amount of money, I'd buy out Tyler Adams from RB Leipzig because he's a brilliant central midfielder. I think his buyout clause is £32.5 million. He can cover it right back if we wanted him to. He's played it right back. He's played right wing back, and he can play central midfield, can play deep in midfield, can even play in a creative right midfield if you want him to. He's a great all-round player, better than Ainsley Maitland-Niles, but kind of that similar kind of role that can play in multiple positions. I would absolutely activate Tyler Adams' £32.5 million buyout clause before now and the end of the window. That's realistic. He's got a buyout clause. Of course, you can go and try and get him. It's then up to convincing him whether he wants to come or not. Striker, look, I know that his agents turned around and said that he that he wouldn't leave and that January is not going to happen. But if you threw 45 to 50 million quid at Lille for Jonathan David, I think he would be up for moving. Uh, Alexander Izak is going to cost you £75 million. If we have that money, then go and activate the release clause. Because it, again, it's a release clause. You can go and activate that and bring them in. Patrick Schick, I know a lot of people like. If you told me that Patrick Schick was coming in for the end of the season, I'd be happy with that. Because I think we need a striker and he's on form and he's doing really well. There are players out there. I just, I just don't think we're going to get anyone in. Uh, I think we might get a midfielder, but I don't think we're getting a striker in that. That really kind of harpoons Arsenal's hopes of getting top four, if that's the case. I'm I'm really, really hopeful. Charlie, I don't think Ten Hag's going United, mate. I think Pochettino's going United. Zidane's going to go PSG. Ten Hag will be 
an option uh, for clubs in the summer. Um, Ronald says, Arteta stays only because we can't change right now. In the summer, if no top six, he has to go. Xhaka needs to go in the summer too. Ronald, you and me are pretty much on the same kind of wavelength there. Uh, Aways says, listen, for now, we bring back Alba because I think Mikel indicated to us in his interview that we won't make many signings uh, as months. As this month, no uh, no one sells their players. Well, Arsenal do. Arsenal let go of their players. Ains the Metal Niles have done a real job for us this month, but no. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Matt says, Tom, why are so many fans calling Aubameyang? Uh, he was missing sitters when he was playing because he's different. Because he's not playing right now. And that's what we do. That's what happened with Ozil. That's what happened with Lacazette, to be honest, when he wasn't playing. That's what happened with uh, lots of players. Just because just they're not playing. We get we fall into this trap again of thinking, oh, because they're not playing, maybe they'll be different to what we've got. But no, it's this, it's naive in itself. It is naive to be thinking that Aubameyang changes things. Um, I hope Arteta apologises to Aubameyang. What? Hold on. Let's just, let's just discuss this. Aubameyang turned up late for the North London derby. Our captain turned up late for the North London derby. He's had multiple disciplinary breaches. And, I mean, according to Lekeep, if you want to believe the story, was sent home from the Gabon squad because of further discipline problems. And we're saying now that Arteta has to apologise. Again, Rahul, check yourself, mate. This is Arsenal Football Club. And we're saying that the manager's got to apologise to the person who turned up late to the North London derby. And let's be frank, has made a mockery of the captain's armband. Let's be very real about the situation. He's made an absolute mockery of the captain's armband. And yet we're calling on the manager to apologise to him. Really? Really? Usman says, also, Corentin Talisa will be a free agent and he's a gooner uh, and would be willing to sign with us on a free. That's the summer again. We need someone now, Usman. We need someone now. Gary says, if you think Arteta's tactics aren't good enough, why would some people think Graham Potter would be the answer? They pass more sideways than any other team in the league and they don't score. To be fair, Gary, what I would say about the don't score part, their XG is so high. They create so many chances. They don't score because they've got Neil Mopay and Danny Welbeck up front. Best, oh, I love Danny. Like I love for what he's done, and I love him pulling out a, a few goals and some big games. But look, it's Danny Welbeck. He's not. He's not the best that Arsenal have had or will have. And you know he's reaching the last stage of his career now as well. So I think that. I think that's harsh because I do think that Graham Potter plays an attractive style of football that's high in chance creation and with some really good players at his disposal. Who knows what he could achieve? Uh, Tulip says, Tom, which side of which side you will be on if we don't finish in the top four and we finish fifth to sixth? A, we missed out on top four because of our lack of planning. Or B, we would have overachieved and we achieved according to our team. Tulip, it, the thing is, where your head's kind of at at the start of the season and where you're at midway through the season, things do change. And at the start of the season, I said top six is a good season. But the more that we go through this year and the more that we see a January window where we've missed the opportunity to really bring in some crucial players, the more that that happens the more I think that top four was a real opportunity this year that we are missing. And I think there have been decisions from the manager that have certainly 
led to some of the reasons why we've dropped out of competitions and why we've dropped points. But then I also apply the context of injuries and COVID to certain games as well. There's so many factors. I think it's a case, it's an impossible question to to answer right now, ultimately. I do think we're going to have to wait until the end of the season. But I wouldn't sack him right now, but I certainly wouldn't be giving him a new contract is is where my head's at. Mir says, think about me, I might have finished that chance today, but his link-up and general play is far from what Lacazette gives us. And we may have not created as many chances if Aubameyang was in the team. Uh, if he says, not to apologise, but put the beef behind them for now, what is the point having a striker and not using him? Look, I'm all for us, if, if we don't sign a striker, trying to reintegrate Aubameyang. You want to reintegrate the player, that's absolutely fine. Um, but you need to do it in the right way and you need to have it in a way in which he's going to he's going to fully commit and he's not going to be... He's not going to misbehave and he's not going to create more problems and he's not going to have any more disciplinary breaches. We talk about people talk about standards at Arsenal Football Club and yet they're fine for Genduzi to act the way that he did. And they're fine for Abamyang to disgrace the captain's armband. If you're fine with those things and yet you're calling there to be standards at Arsenal Football Club, I'm sorry, but it's hypocrisy. It's plain hypocrisy. So we need to do that in the right way. Omar says, hi, Tom. I'm a new subscriber. You're a liar. <laughs> You're a liar, Omar. <laughs> Cookie says, our squad has been badly mismanaged. Lots of our players alienated or on loan, and then we complain we have no options off the bench. Mo says, Tom, according to your internal knowledge, are there any frustrated strikers who can come on loan? Um, frustrated strikers. Look, the problem is, is that you, we Arsenal have got to sign a striker in this window that's going to change the way that we attack, that's going to finish off the great chances that we create, the few chances that we create at times. But if you're going to find a frustrated striker, you're going to be you're going to be hard pressed to find one that a club are going to want to get let go that is good enough to give us what we need, and that's why we genuinely need to really go hard on a striker during this during this the last eight games of the window. That's that's where we're at, unfortunately, is that we need to make sure that we we find the right player that's going to give us what we need and not just sign anyone. Is it Jovic? As Steph points out, it could be Jovic. I don't know. He's the only real lone striker option that I can really think of that would come in and maybe give us a bit of quality if he if it just kind of fit. Again, David, I don't know how Lair would leave Ajax with them going into the knockout stages of the Champions League and, you know, them fighting at the top of the Eredivisie. I don't know why. Uh, Craig says Darwin Nunez, he's quality. Again, I think Benfica would ask for a lot of money and there's no telling that we could get him in during this window. DCL, Stephen, I think it's going to cost you a hell of a lot of money. Cabral, I think, is a decent, decent shout, Aditya. I think for 15 to 20 million pounds, if that's what it would cost, which, you know, it could do, Absolutely. Chuck 15 to 20 million pounds at Arta Cabral and see what happens because he's showing some real quality, some real genuine quality. 27 goals in 31 games in the Champions League, in the in the Swiss League. Look, I think he can, I think he would add to our team. And he's got the height about him. He's got the strength, the physicality. He adds different characteristics. Why not go for someone like that? James, I talked about Skamaka. I did a piece about Skamaka. Why don't we go for someone like him? I don't know how much he would cost. But uh, but he's someone that's would add would add verti- verticality. That's what I want to say. Yeah, we'd add an aerial threat to the team. Um, Philip says, "Yeah, I agree with that, Tom." But where were uh, where we were at December 
uh, and at the end of December, if we don't finish in the top four now, that's our own failings. As much as I believe we can, this lack of depth and planning is frustrating. Lost and Found says, I think you're being very presumptive about the Alba situation. I think the thing that we all have a problem with is inconsistency in these treatments. Uh, think about what Xhaka has done under this manager. I think there's a difference between on-field issues in regards to red cards, which Xhaka has done, and off-field disciplinary issues. And you should separate the two from one another because they are different. They're very, very different. But I don't disagree that Xhaka should be replaced in the starting eleven. I'm not saying that he shouldn't. But there is a difference between on-field errors and silly mistakes and you know absent-mindedness and turning up late for a North London derby as the captain of Arsenal Football Club. There's two very different things under Arteta. And of course, Xhaka's done things in the past that equate to that. We talked about the Crystal Palace game, but if you're speaking about under Arteta, then it's very different. Uh, Ronald says, Vlaovic is a top striker choice for me. David is second. Only thing is, he's prolific enough. If we sign David, uh, we also need a wide scoring forward as well. I do agree. Um, Charlie says, what has Xhaka done wrong? He gets red cards for covering for our poor tactics. Abamyang has been a disgrace. Uh, I think, look, the thing about Xhaka is that he does do things wrong. Um, the, the, the penalty against Man City was a mistake. Why is he tugging his shirt in that scenario? I don't know. Um, I really don't know. <laughs> Duran Duran says, Tom, the PR manager of Arsenal's boards and the Arteta, but not a real fan. Ah, interesting. <laughs> um, let's go to, I don't have the energy to even retort. To be honest, just losers. Uh, Shane, what happened with Vijnaldum? Went very quiet. I don't really think the link was that strong to Vijnaldum, to be fair. Uh, Yo-Yo says, on the pitch shows you're unreliable. Off the pitch shows you're unreliable. I suppose there's it's unreliable and unreliable in different senses, isn't it? It's just a different kind of differences between the two. Steph says, Tom, it's not who will bring who will we bring in is the question. It's whoever our fans want as a manager. Will they get us top four guaranteed? Um, and that's, that's the thing, Steph, is I don't know of any choice that anyone suggested to me that would get us top four now, right at this very moment. I don't know what they would do. I don't know what it would improve on the coach right this very second. I'm sure there would be coaches we could bring in in the summer that would replace on Arteta and improve on Arteta. But I don't know right this very moment with 17 games to go. That's that's the issue. I think I missed a super chat. Uh, Jack, thank you so much, mate. TGT Army, indeed. Thanks for being a part of a community, mate. And uh, yeah, look, join up as a member, man, and, and join our Discord server. Uh, James says, what would you score, Edu, out of 10, based on his whole time at the club and as director or technical director? And would you replace him? Uh, again, I kind of want to wait to the end of the window to make a full decision on that. If you said the window closed today, it's a solid kind of five. Four, four, five, like six good signings. Partan, Gabriel, good, but I think we've missed key things. Selling's been pretty bad. Four, five, but we'll wait until the end of the window and see what's happening. It could be lower. If we don't sign anyone at the end of the window, it could be even lower than that. Um, Martin says, Tom, again, Renata Sanchez has stated that he wants to move. What are we waiting for? Uh, I, just, I wouldn't go for him. 
Too, too injured. Far, far too injured. Carl says, Tom, not long home, so I don't know if you already covered it, but Saka looked knackered. Shame he's so good we hadn't rotated him. Pepe would have been useful. Yeah, I think Pepe is someone we have missed. And this is from someone that said, that's been very critical of Pepe, but I think Pepe coming off the bench could have added something to our game, rotating with him, playing in that Forest game. Look, we've missed him. Um, we've missed El Nenny. Can you believe that? We've missed El Nenny. That's that's the level that we're at now, is that we've missed Mohamed El Nenny. I can't wait for this. To be fair, once we play our next game, everyone will be back. African Cup of Nations will be over. Fingers crossed we have everyone back and fit at least. At least the Spuds lost, Ronald. You know what? That's kind of a positive way to end things. Uh, that's a positive way to end the show. So I think that's uh, <laughs> that's probably the best place to finish things there, to be fair. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you so much, as always, guys. Um, do tune in tomorrow morning for the 8 a.m. transfer update. We'll bring you all of the latest. Uh, and uh, fingers crossed, some news about a potential signing. I've got ideas about what I would do. If there's not much news, what I might do is put together a profile of the players that we could still sign between now and the end of the window and who we should look to sign between now and the end of the window. We'll have a look. Uh, oh, buzzing. Uh, the Arsenal ladies have scored, so that's good news. Thank you, Andy, for that. Appreciate you telling me. Um, let's let's wrap it up. Drop a like on the video, subscribe, and all of that goodness. I'll be back tomorrow uh, with the 8am show and on the Arsenal Lounge, which will be fun <laughs> at 8 o'clock tomorrow evening. So uh, with me, Mo, Shaheen, and Lev, I'm sure there's going to be lots of debate about what needs and needs and has to happen in the window and with the game. That'll be fun. I'll see you soon, guys. Have a good evening. And as I said, as I said earlier on, if you genuinely are struggling and it is affecting your mental health and you find that you're waking up and you're sad because of Arsenal, have a break. Find something else to watch. Find something else to do. Get a hobby, doing something else. Just take your mind off it. Stay well, stay safe, people. And uh, as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.